Hi all, I'm Dawn Stein, a member of the Creepster family, and you are listening to A Paranormal Chicks. Carrie and we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 44. And you just heard the intro by Dawn S. Who did an amazing freaking job. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You ready for the first one? I am ready. This is, these are my favorite creepy stories my kids have told me. Oh, yeah. I was listening the other day to the episode about reincarnation and it brought back some odd memories that my son, who is now seven, would tell me about. When he was about four years old, he would tell me about his other mommy and daddy he had before me. Mm -mm. He said they died in a fire and he was in his crib and he crawled out and I found him in the road. What? He also told me about his brother, Jonathan, who was with him being chased in the woods by a man. And Jonathan was shot and killed because he tried to save my now son. Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure if this was just a story his little brain made up, but IDK. He never told me how he died, but I never pushed it. I asked him the other day, but he doesn't remember the story. My other son, who is six, was telling me the other day about he was in the sky waiting for me to be ready for him to be my baby, which made me think of when y'all said that souls choose us. It warmed my heart to think my baby chose me. Thank you for being so wonderful. Creep it real ladies. Love y'all. And that one was from Emily L. Whoa. Kids really do say the darndest things. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And then about choosing her. I know. That, like, warmed my soul. Yes. Okay, this one is titled Aquatic Sinister Sightings, or Ariel Isn't Real, and the ones that are, are terrifying. Oh, shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, ladies. It's your favorite neighborhood village witch with some scary water stories. Is this Michael? It is. Way to spoil it. Oh, it's not. But it is. (laughs) Ever since I was little, I've had a deep interest in mermaids. There's something about them that completely and totally fascinates me. I don't care if they're literal man-eaters or benevolent healers. Their stories are incredible. Here in California, we have two tribes that historically lived along the Merced River. The Miwok and the Yukots. Both of them have deliciously spine-chilling mermaid stories. Mm. The Miwok fishwomen lived in the Merced River, beginning in the Valley of Yosemite and into the lower forks of river in the foothills. These mermaids are almost always described as beautiful with long black hair and silver fish tails. Never singing, but still hanging out on the rocks and just generally lazing about. The tail color changed slightly from tribe to tribe on the bigger California rivers. A few years ago, my dad was driving us from Yosemite, and I can't remember if the moon was full or not, but it was still pretty bright. As we passed the west side of Lalos McClure, the reservoir on the Merced River, I see a head bob in the water. It stayed on the water, then went under, and I see this fishtail break the surface. Nuh-uh. I'm a fish nerd, and I racked my brain for a similar species, and the closest I could come up with was a mix between a green sturgeon and something in the trout salmon family. The head didn't come back up. 
I've only told maybe four people that story. A few years ago, I started having crazy dreams about them, and now I treat them like any of my other patron spirits. Wow. The Yokot mermaids are utterly terrifying. They're called water babies, and they take the shape of human toddlers with fish-like or reptilian features such as sharks or snakes' teeth. Oh my god. Occasionally tails and sometimes scales, depending on the band. I live close to some hunting preserves that are fed by creeks and grassland and are maintained all year long. Some friends and I would go out randomly just to explore or take a mini hike for an adventure. We were about half a mile as the sun was starting to set and the egrets were starting to roost, so I knew it was time to go before the coyotes came out. We get close to the car and we hear the coyotes start to sing, and in the middle of their groans, we hear this god-awful wailing sound. It was like a chirping frog mixed with a baby crying. It stops the coyote sound completely. We start to book it to the car, and no matter how fast or how hard we run, it seems like we can't get any closer to the car. All of a sudden, we hear a barn owl screech, and at that moment, it seems like the spell is broken. The car is close. The chirping crying stops, and we reach the car. To this day, I am convinced that the owl was my familiar slash animal spirit slash spirit guide slash an ancestor, whatever you want to call it, and it was protecting us. I hope you like them and that Donna ends up covering the Pascagoula mermaids. They seem nicer than ours. Hope you're enjoying fall so far. Stay spooky and don't get scared, Michael. The Pascagoula mermaids, he he and I talked about them Mm -hmm. and they are on my list. Well, shit, you do that story, and I'm really never getting you in the ocean again. Hell no. Also, how the fuck do you know all these nature sounds? Hell, I don't even know half the animals he said. Right? All right, on to the next one. Hi, beautiful friends. I just wanted to share a little background of how I became so aware of true crime as a youngster and where it all started. My parents were so paranoid, especially my dad, when we were growing up. With me being the only girl, I got extra lectures on stranger danger. When I was around nine, we got our first giant computer with the annoying dial-up, we all remember that noise, in my parents' room. We had to set up a password, and of course, we were watching Walker, Texas Ranger at the time. Oh my goodness! My dad instantly thought Walker was a good password. (laughs) Insert dad joke. LOL, oh, the 90s. Proceed now, 20 years later, it's still our safety password and has been passwords for everything in our home since. My dad still reminds me to this day, even though I'm grown and married, that if I'm ever in a hostage situation or able to grab my phone to text him, if I just text Walker, he'll know I'm in trouble. In fact, I still get random text messages at times from him. Cue deep man voice. What's the password? It makes me laugh, and I'm glad he cares and wants us to use this in an emergency situation. (laughs) Also, short story about my mom. She is now in love with y'all's podcast. When I was around seven, I was at the park near a lake with my mom, friend, and brother, age four. We were walking around, and I could tell by my mom's body language something just wasn't right. She was asking us to walk faster, rushing us, and kept looking around. She abruptly had us follow her up to a group of people getting ready to water ski by the lake and sit right down on their picnic blanket and ask us to join in her voice. Well, this is oddly rude of us, mom. Side eye. 
Little did I know, two men were following us around the park, and my mom had pretended we knew this group of people, hoping the men would go away if we were with a group of other people. Oh my gosh. She then filled the group in on the details because I'm pretty sure they were wondering why this random woman was in their bubble and decided to use their blanket for her kid. LOL. The strange men abruptly turned and walked in the other direction after we sat down. Wow, my mom is a badass to think so quickly on her feet. Thought you might like these stories of my paranoid but smart-as-hell parents. Turns out, scaring us all those years really paid off. Love y'all and everything you do. Creep it real, Morgan Nelson. That is great about Walker. Oh my goodness. If your dad knew how to use a computer or a phone (laughs) or anything like that, that would be y'all's safe word and password for everything. Yes, definitely. He is a fan of Walker. Oh, and shout out to Dee Dee, her mama. Hey, mom. Yes, she is in the Creepinati with Morgan. That's so cool. Like, there's no way my mom would listen to us. <laughs> my mama would. Your mama would, well. She'd be our third person. She would be, like, in here, or she'd be like, Donna, can you pull up that podcast thing for me to watch? Yeah, that's exactly what she would do. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hey, beautiful ladies. So this recently happened, and I am still really freaked out, especially since my significant other is a non-bullshit and Spock-level logical person. Background, my partner and I are super close, and we have known each other since freshman year in high school. We are now 30. So he would know what I look like. One day, I got five calls rapidly from him. I was with my family, so I didn't notice at first. I picked up the last call, and he proceeded to ask, Why did you just walk by without saying anything to me? What? I asked, what do you mean? Then he told me, I just saw you walking around the building by my work. I tried to get your attention, but all you did was smirk at me. Then you turned the corner and I didn't see where you went. I was in Arizona. What? Visiting family. I had to video call him to prove I was not at his work. He thought I was trying to surprise him. I normally do that if I go out of town without him, but not this time. So my doppelganger is out there trying to steal my man. Send help. Uh Uh-uh. Love you guys and keep up the good work. I listen to the podcast in my haunted ass work. It's a hotel in SoCal. Ashley. P.S. I found a pet toy that is a coffin and it has creeping it real on it. Whenever I see it, I hear Donna's voice saying it. LOL. Aw. Oh, and how cute is that pet toy? Oh my gosh. Instead of Mr. Steal Your Girl, it's Mrs. Steal Your Man. I don't know. What? Like, you know that that had to look just like her. Mm-hmm. If he was like, no, why are you here? Yes. And also, where else did the doppelganger go? All right, this one. Have I got a sinister sightings for y'all? Hi, my name is Lexi, and let me start with the regular spiel And say, I love the podcast and want to thank you guys for all the unseen time, effort, and research you put into every episode. Thank you so much, Lexi. And also, thank you for just being so unapologetically yourselves because you're fucking rad. Thank you. She said, anyways, these stories come from my first job at an event center. When it was first built, the building was a funeral home. Even currently, you can go down into the basement and crawl through the tunnels that connected the funeral home to the morgue across the street. What the my girl is going on here? It made me think of that one in the thing that you did. What? Where they had like the chute. Oh, the asylum? 
Yeah, I think so. What was her name on My Girl? Veda? Sultanfuss. Yeah. When the funeral home was sold, it became a church for a weird cult. I can't remember the name of the cult, but there was a lot of, quote, ritual cleansings that served as a cover for abuse and many other unsavory acts they were known for. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, don't like that. Mm-mm. Blood pressure is fucking rising. Overall, just mucho bad juju. <laughs> okay, now it's dropped because that was great. <laughs> <laughs> When it was sold to the owners of the event center, massive renovations were done to flip the church and gym into two beautiful ballrooms and a kitchen. While there was probably paranormal shit happening before this point, I think this is what brought it all to the surface. In my three years working here, every single employee that I saw come and go had a ghost story. My best story starts around midnight when my crew was cleaning up an event and flipping the room to prepare for the next day. One of my male co-workers was in the kitchen down the hall, about 100 yards, while me and my other female co-worker were sitting at a table together folding napkins. We were the only three in the building and had already done our walkthrough and locked the doors for the night. Suddenly, we hear a woman's blood-curdling scream fill the building. It's obviously not my male co-worker, although he heard it, and I was literally listening to my female co-worker talk while it happened. The scream sounded like it came from the green room, the highest room in the center of the building, but there was no way anyone could have gotten there. So here I am, fear farting, while my coworker gets up from the table to check on our male coworker. She makes it two steps out the door, and I hear her start screaming. Down the hall and right at the kitchen doors was standing a nun. Uh-uh. Like full habit, everything. Right after my coworker screamed, the nun disappeared. So yeah, for the rest of the night, we all worked about 10 times quicker and all in one room. The nun was seen a few times after, but I never heard the scream like that again. But if you only hear one story from this place, my fiance easily has one of the most terrifying experiences she's allowed me to share. My fiance has been called in to help set up a room for an event that was happening later in the day. Since no events were going on at that moment, it was only crew in the building and everyone was in the same ballroom on the same floor. Now this ballroom had a balcony above it that lined the room. On the balcony was the sound system that you can see from down below, which was controlled by an analog board, meaning you had to physically push the dials up and down to change the sound and volume. As the crew was setting up the room, the shift lead had turned on the music to play quietly in the background. At some point, the music shot up to full volume, nearly blowing out our speaker system and every employee's eardrums. So the shift lead runs upstairs and moves the volume dial back down. Again, someone had to physically push the dial up for the volume to have gone up. But no one was up there. So, all right. Weird, but weird shit happens every day in this place, so no one really reacts. The shift lead returns to the main floor and the crew continues about their work until it happened a second time. Shift lead runs back up and turns the volume down. At this point, everyone is a little more on edge and continue about their work once more until it happened a third time. This time, the shift lead runs upstairs, turns the volume off and stands there with his hands up while the crew watches. Slowly but surely, the dial begins to creep up and the volume increases. No. 
After that, they shut the soundboard off completely. It never happened again, but it was horrifying. All I can think about is, look, Ma, no hands. Oh, uh-uh. This doesn't even touch on the fact that we heard growling at night, saw shadows, and constantly felt unseen presences. It was seriously so common and normal that by the end of my time there, it was just a normal day to have a paranormal experience. The place is now a church, and if I was more religious or curious, I would check it out. But for now, that spooky chapter of my life is closed and looked upon fondly. Thanks for reading my email. Keep doing what you do, Lexi. Oh my gosh. Well, one, my ears are sensitive. Not as sensitive as Carrie's, because she's always like, Donna, lower your volume. Mm-hmm. But still, very sensitive ears. And a nine? Uh-uh. No. That's just scary in the mm-mm. Mm-mm. The only nine I like is who, Carrie? A uh, girl from Sound of Music. No. Sister Act. Yes. Uh, Dolores Van Cartier. Yes. Thank you. All right. Hey, it's me again. I sent an email recently about a little girl ghost in the pet store I used to work at and the experiences I had with her there. This time, I'm going to tell you the story of the Christmas after my grandma's passing and other strange occurrences that followed in the years after that. People usually say this story gives them chills. No pun intended when you see what the story revolves around. Mm. My grandma, my mom's mom, passed away in June of 2009. She was the mother of seven children. She lived near Dallas, Texas, though she was raised in Louisiana. Everyone called her Dolly, and she was known for her natural cotton white hair that she always had. She sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. She watched me and many of my other cousins on my mom's side when we were younger. We have many memories of running around our grandparents' backyard, especially during the summer. The family really revolved around her back then. She became extremely sick in 2008 and in 2009 when I was 13 and 14. It took a huge toll on my mom, the oldest of the seven, and her siblings. Before she passed away, she told my mom and her sisters that when she passed away, she would send snow on Christmas to show them that she was all right. Wow. Her favorite holiday was Christmas, and she loved snow. But being from Louisiana and Texas, it was a rare sight. In my life, I can't recall having ever seen snow on Christmas here. Until that year. Aww. It snowed that Christmas, and not just a little snow, but enough snow to stick for a couple of days. I have pictures of me out in the snow playing and building snowmen. My mom and her sisters freaked out. Freaked out. They cried, which made me and my cousins cry. And maybe it was a coincidence, but something in me is so sure that my grandma sent us that snow on Christmas. Aww. When I mention this story to people who lived in the area that winter, they gasp and say they remember the snow too, and the story gives them chills. Still, no pun intended. Years after that, I had issues with anxiety, depression, and OCD. Things were really hard. Most of my dreams were nightmares. Then my grandma came to me in one of my dreams. She was in the hospital the way I remembered her before she passed, and she appeared to be lifeless. But then she opened her eyes, blinked, and looked around, and smiled at me and my family. Everyone around us seemed to freeze suddenly in my dream. I was confused and asked her, but aren't you sick? Why are you so happy? And she told me that she wasn't sick anymore, that she was better. 
Writing this now makes me begin to tear up. We spoke for a while, and before my dream ended, she looked me in the eyes and told me, everything will be okay. And then I woke up. Not long after that, I started seeing doctors for my mental illnesses and got on medication, and my life turned around completely. More recently, I had another dream where my grandma appeared before me. We were at my grandparents' house celebrating my grandma's birthday, which coincidentally was coming up at the time. I was sitting on the floor in front of her as she opened presents. Then everyone froze again, and she began to talk directly to me. She asked me to go and visit her grave with my mom on Mother's Day, and I told her I would. Mother's Day was coming up in two months or so at the time. Then I woke up. It turns out, which I was unaware of at the time of my dream, that my older sister was coming to visit from California around Mother's Day as well. I told my mom about the dream, and my mom said that my sister had also mentioned wanting to visit Grandma's grave on Mother's Day as well. My sister was going through some things at the time, though, and issues arose, and we never went on Mother's Day. I hope that my grandma understood. I'm sure she did. Another event that happened was not my own experience, but my cousin and my aunt's. My cousin was young at the time, young enough that she could not even reach the things on the sink. She came out of the bathroom one day, and my aunt went in after her. She saw that the soap was pulled to the edge of the counter, and this was something that my grandma had had a habit of doing, and this was shortly after her passing. And so she asked my cousin if she had pulled the soap forward, even though she knew that my cousin couldn't reach it. My cousin told her no, and my aunt pushes the soap back. It happened a couple more times, I believe. Eventually, it stopped happening, but my aunt is sure that it was my grandma's spirit. Oh, and I should also mention that when I woke up from my first dream, I had the feeling of someone sitting on my bed and then standing up. I've had that feeling before and assumed it was just my mind playing tricks on me, but it was so obvious that time that I found it strange. Anyway, thank you for everything you two do. I listen to your podcast sneakily in my office while I work. K. Oh my God. Well, those are heartwarming. All of the freaking stories were so good. Yes, as always. Like Carrie says, y'all never disappoint. These are my favorite episodes. Me too. Just because it's like, whoa. I mean, we can research all of this stuff, but it's like this literally happened to Mm y'all. And it just connects us closer to y'all too. And like, I think it was last week that... Several people had wrote in and said, like, they had they weren't going to write in, but then they heard so many stories that were kind of similar and stuff like that. And so they decided to write in. And it's like, yeah, because, again, it brings us all together. And it's like, oh, you're not alone if you're having these. Or if you thought, oh, it was my grandma's spirit. Mm-hmm. But I'm just being silly. But then you're, like, listening to these and you're like, oh, wait, no, it really could be. Yeah, it's just reassuring that. You are having these special moments or these really creepy moments and that you're not quote unquote crazy. And hey, we are here to listen. So you want to tell your story? We will listen. We believe you. Absolutely. Thank y'all so much for sending your stories in. If you have some that you want to send in, send them to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.